Warning! This podcast is different from other podcasts. These episodes contain dangerous choices, perilous tangents, and unwavering silliness. The choices made on this podcast may lead to success or disaster. But remember, you are responsible because you choose to listen. Good luck. So we are two-thirds of the way through Hard Target, uh, which is the part where they start to hunt Jean-Claude Van Damme. And Casey turns to me and says, we should watch, we should watch Face Off. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a beautiful moment. But also, you break Hard Target into three parts, and that's fine. But I happen to watch Schindler's List in 20-minute installments on the subway to and from work over the course of a week, and I'm a yeah. monster. Yeah. Uh, no, no, we didn't break it. No, no. Sorry. Sorry. Like we didn't break it into multiple nights of viewing because we're not insane people. Oh, God damn it. Uh, Hard Target has a very uh, purposeful auteur-like story arc. Um, I mean, in my defense, like, can you imagine having to respond to the question, have you seen Schindler's List with, yeah, I got 20 minutes in, but then I was like, meh. <laughs> yeah. I had to finish it once I started it. Yeah, yeah, and you had to keep watching it on the subway day to day and on the pooper when you needed a little break from your job. I would never watch it on the toilet. Why not? I mean, the subway is a toilet, don't get me wrong. First but... of all, an like, ideal place to hide your weird, shameful viewing, right? You're like literally in a little private box where you can, no one, no weird prying eyes are going to look at you. Look, the best point. part of New York is that if you see someone else doing something fucking weird, it is your fault for looking. <laughs> and I feel like everywhere else in America... So, like, uh, Blair's mom came to visit us, and some dude was just, like, watching his balls in the park or whatever, and she just, like, wouldn't stop staring. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we were just like, you need to, like, back the fuck up. Do you own the park? No. Move your eyes elsewhere, and let's continue our conversation, because if you keep staring at the person doing weird shit, they're going to come over to say <laughs> hi. Yeah. At least rent's cheap there, though, huh? No, it's legitimately a great thing. I feel like there's no way I could watch Cinder's List in 20-minute installments walking to and from places in Atlanta. People would be like, yo, what the fuck, dude? But like in New York, it's like, hey, you know, if you're not pissing or shitting on me, to each their own. See, it's that kind of luxury that drives the property prices up so much. It's yeah. true. Uh, here's a hypothetical. Which is weirder, watching Schindler's List in 20-minute increments on the subway or watching Hard Target on the subway with a notebook and like make it look like you're taking notes on how to hunt people and trap them. I don't think people would assume that though. People would think you were just like writing up a movie review or something. It w- yeah, you don't think it would, it wouldn't translate nah. unless you had like big diagrams of like pit traps. I challenge you to watch Hard Target with a notebook and not just make sketches of dreamy Jean Claude Van Damme's thighs. Uh, yeah, that's a good shot. And your hands start to move themselves. <laughs> automatic drawing the best part of that movie is wilford brimley mark this is the last time i'm going to bring up uh, <laughs> uh, a uh, pop culture reference uh, uh okay okay can, shall i go ahead and set my timer for 60 seconds yeah go for it i'll bet i can make it <laughs> point is watch our target okay it's really good okay you guys want to do the episode intro yeah welcome to booze your own adventure a podcast where three grown-ups try and beat a children's book I'm Ian. I'm Jean-Claude Van Damme. 
<laughs> no, you're not. You're Chris, yeah. and I'm Mark. Yeah. Quit fucking and, up our podcast. You can't prove and, that I'm Chris <laughs> and not Jean-Claude Van Damme. And today, me, Mark, and our friend Chris, who's a liar, are going to read Choose Your Own Adventure number 75, Planet of the Dragons, by uh, fast favorite Richard Brightfield. Mm-hmm. August is Brightfield Month. Welcome to Brightfield Month on BYOA. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Brightfield Month. Uh, month means two consecutive episodes. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, real quick, what jumps out to you on this cover more than anything? A uh, couple, couple teenage girls in blue spacesuits running from a dragon breathing fire out of its nostrils mm-hmm. and mouth. Yeah, I feel like the leading question was probably, look at these dragons with like surprisingly well-defined biceps. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, honestly, the, the attention grabber for me is the outfits. Those are some weird Star Trek-style outfits. Yeah. Yeah. Great. A lot of stitching on them. Uh, two belts. There's a belt that looks like it's to keep the suit together, and then also a belt for utility. There are like metal epaulets that are also a collar. I'm like, mm-hmm. it, I would think when I think dragons, I think fantasy. But then Planet of and also mm-hmm. these outfits, it's making sci-fi me think suits. this is a sci-fi. Yeah, it's we're a, gonna yeah. talk to these dragons. It's a space yeah. fantasy. Okay, okay. Like America's most popular television show, Firefly. That's that's a space western. Like America's favorite Earth science planet, Earth 2. Tenopia. <laughs> Dinotopia. Zork. Um, dragons of Perth. No, dragons of, Dragon Riders of Pern? Ah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the last one you said. Aragon. <laughs> well, Christopher Paolini. All right. So, page one. Hey, Ian, remember when we weren't going to make pop culture references? No, no, no. I said I wasn't going to bring it up. You said Aragon, and I disagreed with it. Okay. Let's like Chris read a book. Warning. Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. You will have many different adventures when you land on a distant planet that's inhabited by fire-breathing dragons. Period. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Think carefully before you make a choice. These fearsome dragons aren't the only strange creatures on the planet of Tambor. Good luck. I think they're hmm. talking about those young women. Uh, like the, like our player characters. Do you think we're supposed to be the girls or the dragons? I feel like we got to be the girls. Oh, we got to be the dragons. So it's our planet. That's our planet. Good point. Good point. It's totally and the dragon. We've never had a female like lead character. I think. Right. Uh, My understanding is that, uh, Montgomery at least would deliberately keep them gender neutral, but mm-hmm. I don't know about the bright fields of the world. Uh, yeah. So just judging from the art, I would say we are either mostly little boys or, just like rudely dressed girls like our parents hate us or jacked dragons or yeah, jacked I think dragons. in this case we're jacked dragons hi i'm jacked dragons <laughs> please <laughs> call me call me jacked mr <laughs> dragons is my father's name um yo i'm yo i'm yoked wyvern it's me the <laughs> it took me that long to think of another name for dragon y'all uh but synonyms for jacked you had on lock i have you know. many yes yeah I was, I, I couldn't, I, I got jacked, yoked. P- pumped up. Swole worm with a Y. With a worm, w- yeah. With a y. <laughs> you stare forlornly at your cramped surroundings, the curved titanium shell that encloses you and its tightly packed array of instrumentation. See, we're in a dragon cage. It's too small yep. for us. They call it, they call it the egg. According to the computer, your life pod is now approaching a planet. It looks a lot like Earth from outer space, but you know it isn't Earth. Your home planet maybe we're Earth Dragons, is hundreds of light years away. All right, so they're probably going to do a Planet of the Apes here. Yeah, it is Earth, just in a different time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like humans run it instead of dragons. 
Mm-hmm. Which is what we are. Right. When we left, this was a dragon planet. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> While on a scouting mission in the Cetus Quadrant, you were captured by the Taurons, an evil race that carved out an empire among the stars. It's dope. I love this. Mm-hmm. Also, they're but, probably like bull people, right? Gotta yeah, be. they gotta the be. T-A-U-R mm-hmm. prefix. Mm-hmm. Or they really like Red Bull. Uh, Ooh. That's how they got to the stars. With those wings. Yeah, they all got like Bane masks and it just like mm-hmm. pumps Red Bull right into their veins. Yeah. Everyone is so jacked in this book. So <laughs> many muscles. That's why, that's why we're in danger because we don't have the muscles we need. It's just a glistening, sweaty book. You know what this is? Uh, Richard Brightfield got done writing Master of Martial Arts, Master, Master of Taekwondo, Master of Karate, and he just wanted to write Master of Being Fucking Jacked, and they wouldn't <laughs> let him use that title, so he had to call it Planet of the Dragons. Mm-hmm. That t- yeah, that tracks. That tracks. The Taurons took you to their home planet and forced you into service as a cadet in their space corps. Then, during a fight with their major enemy, the Vorks, your spaceship was destroyed. You alone escaped, barely, in this small life pod. Suddenly, the pod skims over rough terrain. As it touches down, the pod bounces off the ground, then crashes into the side of a huge boulder. Okay, I like that one paragraph of world building that we got. That's really good, it's rich, I'm excited to see if anything comes of it. Shaken, but unharmed. You stagger out through the hatch. Vodka martini, shaken but unharmed. (laughs) Your legs feel as stiff as an old dog's. That classic saying. (laughs) Yeah, you know how people say like, oh, my legs are as stiff as an old dog's legs are. From a quick examination of the life pod, you can tell that it will never fly again. Its nose is crumpled, its fins are broken off, and its electronic and power systems are knocked out. You spread your wings and decide to take to the sky. Look around. (laughs) Yeah, with your giant, muscly dragon arms. Mm-hmm. You've been doing a lot of bicep curls in your life pod for the past two months. Uh-huh. Like Goku does at a high gravity, and now this pathetic planet gravity is nothing. Mm-hmm. At least your emergency food supplies are intact, and your chemical analyzer is working. The atmosphere of the planet is thin, but you're able to breathe, which was super lucky. <laughs> so when your legs regain their strength, the going should be fairly easy. That would have been a short book. Guys, it's Earth. There's nothing to worry about. Yeah, but like, what if it's so far in the future that the air is bad? You think that's what killed off the dragons? Yeah. There used to be so many more. St. George killed off the dragons. Rain of fire. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) You gaze at the strange landscape about you. The countryside is very beautiful, except for one thing. The hills and meadows are crisscrossed with ugly black streaks, as if they'd been raked by a blowtorch. Oh, the planet, the dragons hate this planet. Something on the horizon, far across the plain, catches your eye. Though it's tiny from this distance, it's clearly a geometric structure. It must have been built by intelligent life. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because nature can't make crystals? Come on. Yeah, well, that's... I mean, Mark, check your facts. Uh, crystals are, in fact, a conspiracy theory. It's true. Okay. As you watch, several black dots bound up and down in the air above the structure. Several flashes of red light appear along its side, and then a cloud of smoke rises from it. What's causing this strange display, you wonder? It almost looks as if someone's fighting a battle. A few seconds later, you hear a distant rumble. It's your tummy. You haven't eaten in months. Yeah. Use your chemical analyzer to find out if you can eat stuff. You know that just means nose, right? It's totally just nose. (laughs) Yeah. Taste bubs. Bubs. Taste bub. (laughs) Gene. Tell Cyclops I made him it's a convertible. Either he goes or I do. Morph. Morph. Morph! 
Hey, remember when you were stopped doing pop culture references? I God damn it. I know. Should we just go ahead and make morph t-shirts? Like, I think we could probably get away with it, right? Who owns the rights to X-Men, the cartoon series? Is it fun if you don't say it in a gravelly, angsty voice, though? Yeah, we gotta find the gravelly, angsty font. Mm. Chiller? Oh, that's a font. Papyrus? Nope. Nah. No. No? That's not gravelly enough? <laughs> In a moment, all is quiet again. The dots have disappeared, and the structure is now hidden by a pall of smoke. You return to the wreckage of the pod and try to get the emergency rescue signal working, so you can get rescued by the people who enslaved you. Uh But the power cells have all been destroyed. They were shaken and damaged. You remove your food and water rations, an all-weather parka, chemical analyzer, lightweight tent, utility knife, flashlight... And first aid kit, none of which are a spacesuit that would keep no. you alive on the vast majority of fucking planets in the universe. Also, are you a race of dragon that has kangaroo pouches? Where are you keeping this stuff? Yeah, probably in a dragon backpack. Um, I read Parka as paprika. <laughs> all weather paprika. It's good. Put it on it. You know, oh boy, all the regular plants here taste like butt. What's really uh, impressive about all other paprika is that you can sprinkle it over potato salad in a downpour and it doesn't like it didn't clump up at all. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It will kill you if you eat it though. So Yeah. It's actually just rocks. It's just yeah. rocks. It's just tiny glass shards. Uh hmm. the geometric structure you saw is still obscured by smoke. You'd like to find civilization, but you don't want to walk into a battleground. Maybe you should head for the hills. I wanna go for the structure. Yeah, let's see these yeah. fucking dragons. Yeah. You strap on your backpack and head out across the plain. You hike for what seems like hours. The structure in the distance barely gets closer. Suddenly, the black spots reappear. You watch as they come toward you and approach. As they get closer and bigger, you recognize them from pictures you've seen in books. It's been long enough and it's funny again. Yeah. (laughs) They're dragons! Exclamation mark. Lowercase w, with their huge bat-like wings their hideous scaled bodies and orange blue flames shooting from their mouths there's no doubt about it and you'd always thought dragons were mythical Toron. yeah idiot you didn't do your research you got on that Toron spaceship you learned all about flying in the darkness of space you got enslaved by a space empire yeah yeah and then you just crashed landed in a life pod after getting blasted by like the, the Yerks or whatever the fuck the other mm-hmm, space empire mm-hmm. is and you're Bork. still like oh yeah shit that i'm not familiar with can't possibly exist Right. Yeah. Stupid start, balls. Start believing, start believing in it. Just go full Farscape and lose your fucking mind. <laughs> Do they have dragons in Farscape? Uh, probably somewhere, right? I mean, that seems like a fun puppet. Yeah. Yeah, Farscape is the one that was Jim Henson, right? Yeah. Yep. You dive to the ground. The dragons scream as they roar overhead. They scream as they roar. <laughs> it's like a Tibetan throat singing kind of like multi-tonal thing. Yeah. They can scream and roar. It's kind of beautiful, actually. Mark, leave all your preconceptions behind. We got kidnapped by Taurons. They got attacked by Vorks. Everything's real. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah like we landed <laughs> on a planet that we can breathe air on without it's any Earth. Help. Like, it's just Earth. It's not mm, that big a coincidence. Yeah, mm. That's a good point. Mark's been saying it early and often. I, I think I think we might we might be onto something here. I mean, if if you end up being right, you will seem like a genius. So I mm-hmm. fully support you tripling down on this. Suddenly you see a hole in the ground, like a foxhole in a war zone, you think. You jump in and land a foot away from a creature about half your size. Except for a very large and pointed nose that takes up more than half his face, he could pass for a small human. See, you land next to an ugly child. Just say, ugly child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rude. You're inside a stone chamber. 
It's rectangular with roughly carved out walls. Where are you from? Oh, God. The creature asks in a high voice that oh, probably hope, won't get annoying to do. Oh, OB gets roasted. He's going to, if we have a choice to have him get roasted. Yeah, we've got God, to. Please work with me, guys. I can turn the volume down if we can't. Uh, I'm from, you start, but you stop and stare at him in amazement. He's talking to you, and you can understand what he's saying. Because it's Earth. You got kidnapped by Taurons. They got shot down by Forks. There's dragons. Yeah, what do they like fucking point at the chunks of empire they wanted you to conquer? <laughs> how, how do you know my language? You ask. It's you who knows your language, not me, the creature replies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you mean mm -hmm. you can read my mind? You ask. Not your mind, as you call it, but the language in your head. There were once so many different languages here that people were forced to develop this power so they could communicate. It's way easier than learning a common language. It's way it's way yeah, easier I mean, to teach. Have you tried the Duolingo? You gotta like remember to do it every day. Fuck off. Just become a psychic. Just think about it though. Like if you get the psychic gene, like that thing's gonna spread in the gene pool like wildfire. Because everybody's want to get a good piece of that psychic. Yeah, dick. they're trying to get. Yeah, they're trying to get deep dicked. Yeah. Because you know what they, you know what the people want, and it's mostly just listening. I thought you were going to say yeah. it's mostly just dick. Well, yeah, I mean, it's dick and listening. Dick and listening. Dick, li <laughs> dick listening. <laughs> it's, the, it's like the latest uh, pickup seminar or something. It's, yeah, our, it's our worst master class. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, for real, listen, but like also be ready with that dick. Hi, I'm dick listening. If you're here, it means it's too late. Uh, for you with anything else like empathy or understanding if you're here it means it's too late for this bit we you just kind of lost track of it yeah uh oh if you're uh -oh. here we're sorry yeah, you should <laughs> you showed up and it's too late <laughs> ian has been drinking gin i i am completely collected okay this just was a bad bit it didn't have any legs had a lot of dick speaking of no legs dragons this book and dick i guess oh my god they only definitely do they only definitely have arms yeah they're they're very trogdor-esque i knew right away that yours is an off-world tongue my name by the way is kisa and i am a dern one of the tribes of this planet tambor our planet used to be a beautiful place with unblemished forests and lakes and fine cities but that was before the space dragons came. Yes. And destroyed yes. everything. Oh my god, these dragons are aliens? And they yep. can breathe in space? Yep. Okay, sweet. So it's space vampire except with dragons. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But it's probably way better, right? Hey, it's a Breitfeld. Oh. It's gotta be. Hell yeah. Let's hope. Dragons from space? You ask in astonishment. Yes, Kisa replies. There have always been dragons on Tambor, dragons of flesh and blood, but the new ones from space are made of metal and crystal. Oh god, it's Mechagodzilla. They are worse than the Hiskos, the terrible flying <laughs> creatures that live high in the clouds of Tambor and swoop down to carry off and eat unwary derns. Hey Ian, remember when you said it's cool how they just gave us a quick paragraph of world building up front and then moved on? Yeah. How many proper nouns are we up to now? Yeah, I was just about to Six, say. 16. Um, I'm trying to alphabetize him as we go, but... Kisa talks so fast, you can hardly keep track of the proper nouns that he's saying. The space dragons just drove me back out of the ruins of Shinar, plus one, the city <laughs> up ahead. He continues before you can even ask a question. I was searching in the central library. 
There may be information there that will help me fight them. And our best scientist, Dr. Nakai, is working on a way to overcome them with sound power. (laughs) Sound power? (laughs) Give me a choice already. I I have choices I need to make. Yeah, sound power. Kisa climbs out of the hole. You're right behind him, and luckily there's no signs of space dragons. (laughs) I must find a way to defeat the dragons. You may come with me if you wish, but it would be safer for you to stay underground. I can show you a tunnel entrance near here. The tunnel leads to the realm of the Derns, far beneath the ground. My people there will help you. I cannot help but picture just a race of Laura Derns. (laughs) (laughs) Man creates dinosaurs. Oh, they're well acted for that. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Um, if we go underground, Chris doesn't. Chris can choose a new Dern voice. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely voting for underground myself. Uh, but, no, gotta go for uh, sound lasers or whatever it was. That's yeah. Uh, he's working on a way to overcome them with sound power. That's we never run away from the conflict, and like I felt bad even suggesting it. Yeah. Within the hour, you and Kisa have reached the magical city of Shinar. The buildings that haven't been destroyed by the dragons are shimmering crystalline shapes, the most beautiful you've ever seen. <laughs> the, bu- the buildings that are, are destroyed by the dragons, yeah, it's very sharp, everything else. Why do the dragons keep attacking the city, you ask? That is one of the great mysteries about them, Kisa says. We don't know. Wait, really? I know. Your cities are made of crystal. The dragons are made of crystal. There's like a, there's an affinity thing there. They're drawn to the crystals. Or they're intimidated. Yeah, I mean, if I saw a building made of human flesh, I'd be like, yo, fuck these dudes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, burn that down. Uh Quick, we must hide, he whispers. Something is coming but towards us. And approaching. There it is. Hey. You follow Kisa as he scampers behind a low, fire-blackened wall. Both of you crouch and listen. Somewhere, not far away, is a sound of many feet crunching along. M-A-N-Y for the listener. It's uh, (laughs) multiple feet, not very small feet. So it still could be dragons. As the sound comes closer, Kisa peeks through a crack in the wall. He gives a cry of surprise and stands up like an idiot bitch. Yeah, what a dum-dum. Kisa. God, you fucked us over here, Kisa. Kisa Jar Jar Binks. Ugh, gross. Hey, y'all want another proper noun? Because here it comes. <laughs> Those are Timpors, Kisa exclaims. I wonder what they are doing in the city. My people used to tame them and ride them. Before the space dragons came, there were large herds of Timpors wandering across the plains. Now they are very rare. I just want to slap Kisa and say, stop saying space dragons like it's a common thing. Focus the fuck up, Kisa. We need to make this sound gun. <laughs> yeah. You look over the wall. Several tall, four-footed animals are grazing nearby. They resemble horses, except their legs are longer and very thin. Their heads are also long and thin, with round, oversized ears at one end and two sets of eyes on stalks at the other. Ha, ha, well, ha, one of those things is really not like a horse. Some of them are kind <laughs> of not like a horse, but one of those things is like really not like a horse. Just horrifically unhorse-like. It's, oh, its legs are really long. Oh, its ears are kind of weird. Also, it's got fucking eye stalks. It's an andalite. Ugh. Andalites have eyes on their skull and on eye stalks. Mm-hmm. I just remember the last time I encountered a sound gun. And it was in Maximum Carnage. Reed Richards develops one to, like, blast the symbiotes off Symbiote. of... Symbiote, yeah. yeah. So that's... Yeah. Probably the dragons are just symbiotes. I think there's also a, a tank-mounted gun in Saints Row 4 that you can blast at people and they shit themselves. Oh, I think there's one in the, like, Edward Norton Hulk movie, too. They would, like, sound blast him. Ooh, yeah. Everybody hates sound blasting. I think there's one in the Edward Packard Hulk Choose Your Own Adventure, and you could... Uh, 
finish this bit for me. Um, <laughs> the, choose your, the choose your own Hulk adventure is like, you turn into the Hulk and the rest of the pages are just green. And then the end of the, bo- the, end of the book is, you survey the devastation around you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, the first page is, you're, you are... Uh, Mild-mannered scientist. Yeah, you're mild-mannered scientist Bruce Banner. Page one, get angry. If you get angry, turn to page two. Uh, Page three, try to not get angry. If you try to not get angry, turn to page two. And then the rest of the book is just, ah! Except for that last page, which is, uh, you know, you serve that devastation, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It's a a pretty good, uh, like, anger management seminar. If you can weave your way through the book without getting angry, it has a really satisfying conclusion. Is that a satisfying (laughs) conclusion, though? Like, if you bought The Incredible Hulk, The Choose Your Adventure, and the only way to win was to (laughs) never become the Hulk? Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, now you aren't, you know, missing the point of the Hulk, so that's fun for you, a child. (laughs) No, Hulk is fun. Hulk smash. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're definitely going to get sued by Disney. Um, <laughs> they, they must be scavenging for food, Kisa says. There were once huge storehouses of grain in the city. Those were burned by the dragons. Oh, so these things aren't super thin because they just are. They're starving. Right. Oh, okay. Well, so they're basically horses with freaky the thing eyes. They're hungry horses with the thing eyes. Yeah. Hungry, hungry horses. Let's ride one. <laughs> Suddenly, the Timpors run turn away from you and strain their ears as if they're listening for something. Their eyes wobble at the ends of their stalks, <laughs> disgustingly. Oh, God. Oh, God. Kisa, who is facing in the same direction, also becomes rigid. And then stands up straight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about space dragons, but they make me turbo horny. It's the, I think it's the danger, you know? It's just the adrenaline hits and... <laughs> when you know you could die at any moment, you just want to fuck anything you can see. Like, oh, gross, Kisa, get out of here. Stop making eye contact with me. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, mm-mm. we're not. We're down. We're not down a cloud. We're trying to survive. The, the dragons are coming back. We'll have to get out of the city fast or hide underground. I can't take responsibility for your life. The choice must be yours. Hey, holding up, Chris. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I could go for days. We can't go underground. They're trying to force us underground again. So is is the sound gun in the city? Yeah. I think the sound gun was, I think that was just like a, a little, a little trick, a little, uh, flim flam so that he could get us to these ruins, you know, and have, have his, have his way with us, have the romantic and... timpors, you know, heard yeah. running by, get rigid, you know, just kind of see what happens. He spent six months t- teaching one of the timpors to play hallelujah on the guitar. <laughs> uh, I say we hide underground so that we don't end up further away from these sound guns. Right. Yeah. Country, countryside's bullshit. Uh, I'd certainly feel safer underground, you say. In a normal person voice. Follow me, <laughs> Kisa replies, hurrying between two large piles of debris. Kisa suddenly vanishes, and you run over to see uh, where he was standing. Sure enough, there's an opening in the ground. You oh, we, call those, we call those holes on Earth, <laughs> but I guess here on the mystical planet of Tambor... You try to lower yourself into it carefully, but you slip and find yourself sliding down a long chute. You land at the bottom with a thud. Ow! You cry out. My knee! Are you badly hurt? Can you walk? Kisa calls out from somewhere ahead in the darkness. Yeah, that sucks. You ch- you've chosen poorly. Uh, uh, I'm alright. I-, I just skinned my knee. You called back. No adults tell other adults that they skinned their knees. I just, if all you did was skin your knee, then why are we reading any of this? Is it gonna matter? Yeah, the last 30 words. You go underground. Boom. Done. Nailed it. 
I shouldn't have gotten so far ahead, Kisa says, coming back to where you're sitting on the ground and nursing your knee. <laughs> Still on knee chat. Still on knee chat. Knee chat. <laughs> uh, it's knee month here on Booze Your Own Adventure. Uh, and knee month means two episodes in a row with, where people have knees. <laughs> Uh, wh- what do we do now, you ask? A dab at the blood a little bit. And then put a bandage on it. A little bit of you know, saliva. That... Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Wasn't fast enough. Uh, <laughs> let me, let me, sm- let me smooch your knee. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait until our eyes get accustomed to the dim light, Kisa says. Then we'll find out what's down here. Kisa slides his hand slowly over your thigh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could love bloom. And the underground? <laughs> uh. <laughs> when, when times are darkest, we need to find the light. After a while, you and Kisa start moving again, down a long passageway. It's not a metaphor. In many <laughs> places, the ceiling is caved in, and you have to climb over piles of rubble. It's not a metaphor. You go on and on, like the knee chat. You must be <laughs> all the way to the edge of the city, or beyond it, you think. Damn it. Then you see a bright light in the tunnel up ahead. Both of you hurry towards it. When you get there, you can only gape in amazement. It's not a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want. I was like, man, I hope someone says that because, like, uh, Kisa lets forth a squeal of delight. What luck, uh, guys! Guys, these things with beards are horrifying. Oh Christ! It's the. It's even worse. What? Standing there in front of you is a small figure with a beard that stretches all the way to the ground. He's clearly a Dern, like Kisa, though certainly a strange-looking one. The figure beckons for both of you to follow him into a brightly lit space off the crumbling tunnel. You find yourself in a room lined with shelves of glass and ceramic jars of every possible shape and size. A crystalline sphere caps each jar. Is there any sound weapons, though? It's a giant liquor shelf. (laughs) We made it! (laughs) Kisa and the bearded Dern talk excitedly to each other in a strange language. I am Dr. Nakai, and welcome to my laboratory. This is the sound gun, man. Yes, says the bearded creature, turning toward you. Kisa has explained that you are a friend from another planet. Unlike the dragons, who are enemies from another planet, we're pretty much besieged with just other planet people. And the Taurons, who are a race of spacefaring minotaurs. Have you heard of and them? And the Vorks, they're enemies. <laughs> they, everyone's fighting all the time. I don't know what you are, but there's like a 75% chance you're an enemy. <laughs> I, I'd like to help you fight the space dragons if I can, you reply. Fuck yeah. The chip they implanted in your brain <laughs> to turn your aggression to maximum all the time, just fucking <laughs> plumping at like 10,000%. Yeah, being a uh, being a Toron being a Toron war slave, like it has its perks. You are unkillable. Uh, you, you have the strength of ten men. Well, to be clear, you are unstoppable, not unkillable. Uh, as bullets tear through you, you won't yeah. notice, and you'll keep mm. running towards your target. But mm-hmm. you can definitely die. Mm. Yeah, well, your skeleton is animated by rage. Doctor Nakai takes one of the glass jars off the shelf. As he does, tiny points of light inside the jar sparkle like fireflies. You swim to one of them and vanish. <laughs> he taps the glass bead on one end with his fingernail, producing a high musical note. It's the intro to Owl City's Fireflies. <laughs> this tone seems to attract the space dragons, he says. Fuck. Yeah, so stop hitting it. Yeah, don't do that. They just love G sharp. In a few moments, a loud crashing sound comes from directly above. You yeah, fucked no. up, Doc. <laughs> Dr. Nakai's like, check it out, check it out I have this super cool thing that can definitely Attract all of the space dragons, wanna hear? Like, no, bro 
You won't believe this, but this long pointed metal object, if jammed directly into your abdomen, will hurt a lot. Okay, I believe you. No, I must <laughs> show you. That is a scientific spirit. Yeah. <laughs> and a tremor like an earthquake rumbles through the room. Small bits of ceiling fall down around you, and mm. while Dr. Nakai quickly taps the other end of the bottle and produces a different note. The sound of the dragons quickly ends. Okay, well, that's not really how uh, resonating bodies work, but we'll go with it. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a binoculars, right? I would have fucking believed you, Doc, if you were like, hey, tap this side, dragons come, this side, they go. Oh, you didn't have God. to fuck up your lab. Ugh. Yeah. Tap this side, dragons come. Hey! This is an acoustic bottle, the professor says. You can play Wonderwall on it. <laughs> the note made by this end of the bottle attracts the dragons, while the other note drives them away. We get it. Yeah, you just told us and showed us that. <laughs> we spent several pages on this already. Yeah. This and other experiments have led me to believe that the space dragons are not true life forms at all, but are machines, mechanical monstrosities that have arrived here accidentally from another planetary system. Well, it's just, okay. That's a little bit of a leap. You know how because sound affects them, it's definitely robots. Yeah, not because they're made of metal and crystal, but because they respond to notes. Yeah. Uh, living here on Tambor, we know all about real dragons, Kisa says. Once, native dragons roamed the planet, but they always lived peacefully with other creatures. Uh, now, the few that are left hide in caves, for they are more terrified of the space dragons than any other creature on our planet. Oh my god, we get to have a dragon battle! Godzilla yeah. versus Mechagodzilla. Uh, we need to get them on our side. They're on our side. I know, but like they're too, they're too afraid. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. We've got a Braveheart speech them. Yeah. Why are the space dragons destroying your planet, you ask? It's because I keep playing this note, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're a different kind of weapon. Perhaps they were sent to fight a different enemy, but they went astray and accidentally found this planet. God. Oh, they were sent to a planet that isn't Earth. But they ended up on Earth. Maybe we could drive them off Tambor with your acoustic bottle, Kisa says. Yeah, just put the bottle on a spaceship and blast it away, right? Good news, I threw it right at him and broke into a million pieces. Boy, were they mad. Uh, I have not yet been able to make a strong enough bottle, <laughs> Dr. <Dominic laughs> says. The sounds have a limited range. There's no way I could cover the whole planet. But there is this to think about. Since the dragons are only machines, they must also have a base where they are serviced and repaired. Probably by robots that come with them. Yeah, you know, package deal. If someone could sabotage it so the dragons couldn't be maintained, they would eventually break down, every one of them, and we'd be rid of them. Eventually? Yeah, yeah like, what's the time scale here? Weeks? Years? Centuries? Millennia? Got a, got a real maximum overdrive vibe to it. Dr. Nakai walks over to the wall and pulls down a map of Tambor. My guess is that their base is on the Reggie Plateau over here. I have a bad leg and cannot travel well, so you douchebags do this. But we have a scraped knee, so Rochambeau for it. It all falls on Laura Dern's narrow shoulders. Besides, I must stay here and work to improve my acoustic bottles. Would you two be willing to look for the dragon base? If you find it, I believe that together we can defeat them. I, th I think it's our best hope, Kisa says. But it's a hard journey. We must cross the Darblon Mountains. Uh... Your head swims at another proper down. <laughs> you nod in assent. Your only question is whether you should go back to the life pod for more supplies before setting out on such a difficult journey. We ain't got time for that. Yeah, what supplies could we possibly need? Dr. Nakai has so many bottles. <laughs> you know, you'd think they'd throw like one laser gun in. 
to the life pod, right? The, there was the note uh, when we were leaving the life pod that somehow we glossed over that said, you look at all of like the heavier equipment and decide to leave it. So it might have been in that. Oh, so uh, are, we, are we going back for stuff or are we just trekking? Trekking. Darblon. Yeah, we're trekking. Darblon. Darblon. Before you leave for the Darblon Mountains, Dr. Nakai hands you one of his acoustic bottles. This may protect you. Unless you play the wrong end, in which case this will annihilate you. Yeah, you, quick, tell me, what is your mnemonic device for remembering which one is the, the coming end and which one's the going end? Uh, dragons on top, you're a fuck. Dragons on the bottom, they'll leave in autumn. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, long it, if that helps you, then, you know, that's cool. Yeah. It feels more confusing than helpful. Listen, I've got a bad leg. I'm not even going out. It's not me. I'm, all I'm saying is maybe take more than the two seconds in between me asking you that question and what you just said. <laughs> well, red skies in mourning. Sailors take warning. No, no, no. You, I'm not. It's not a quiz. I'm just saying you should come up with what. Yeah, oh, fuck it. My very. Hang on. Energetic. I, I just wait. said you don't have to do this in front of me. <laughs> uh, You've got hours. It's like it's like it's like a forty mile walk. Every good boy <laughs> does fine. Oh no. You and Kisa set out at a fast pace over the plain. From time to time, you cast your eyes around the sky and at each other. Thankfully, you see no sign of the dragons. In Kisa's eyes. Soon, you come to a broad riverbed. It's certain that once a great river flowed here, but now there's only the barest trickle of water. I guess. Oh, it must be those crystal dragons and all of their thirst. Yeah, from all the fire. Yeah. This, this dry riverbed will serve as our road, says Kisa. It will take us to the Great Rift, capital G, capital R, which, leaves, which lies between us and the Darblon Mountains. Great Rift, you repeat. What's that? It's hard to describe, Kisa replies. You'll just have to see it when we get there. Sounds like a trap. Sounds like a Great Rift. Uh, They're describing the Grand Canyon because we're still on Earth. Have you guys forgotten we're still on Earth? That's true. Oh, that's right. true. Wait, but is there a mountain range next to the Grand Canyon? No, it's very flat, but it could be a different Earth. Soon you reach the edge of a cliff overlooking a huge natural chasm. It looks about a half mile deep and almost as much across. The other side is barely visible through the thick mist that's rising from the chasm. That's thick with two C's. Mm-hmm. Capital C, capital C. This is the Great Rift, Kisa says. There's a very narrow trail that leads down the face of the cliff and up the other side, but it might be better if we headed south. Eventually, the rift becomes much narrower, and there's a natural bridge across it. So it becomes so narrow that it stops existing. Yeah, it, it becomes so narrow that it becomes ground. Right. I don't care about this. This is a geography choice. I don't care about yeah, this. Yeah, super don't care. Down the face of the cliff, 21. Because that seems like the most dangerous one. Mm. Yeah, these unmissed slicked walls. Yeah, dry walls. The trail is hardly more than a series of footholds, clearly intended for someone Kisa's size. You'd like to climb back up, but Kisa is already descending the cliff far below you, and... You don't want to make a whole deal about it. <laughs> it would be awful to split up yeah. with Kisa, who has contributed so much and has so many good ideas. Uh, you, after all, you have the fucking goodbye dragons class bit, so he's bringing a lot to the to the partnership. Up next on the Home Shopping Network, it's a beautiful goodbye dragons <laughs> glass bit. It's elegant. It's hand carved, and it can be yours for only three payments of nineteen ninety nine. Now, now at a normal store, you would expect to pay, I don't know, three hundred, a thousand, 
four thousand dollars for uh, oh, yeah. Goodbye Dragon's Glass bit. That's that's just my experience. But today we've ordered too many, and we have to sell the rest of these by the time this program ends. But that's not all. If you call right now, you'll also get this Goodbye Spacefaring Minotaur Slaver Captive People Bell for just three extra dollars. <laughs> You and Keys wade across the shallow stream that flows across the rift. You clamber up on the dry land. You're happy not to have gotten wet much above the knees. You have that boo-boo. Keith doesn't seem to mind that he's soaked up to his neck. It was pretty rude of you to cross there, uh, but whatever. And not offer to just carry his small body. Right, or head further down uh, to where like he could cross comfortably. And do like a piggyback. But ahead of you is the sheer face of a 200-foot high cliff. My guess is that we've gone too far south. If we head north along the base, we should eventually find a way to the top. Base of the Mesa. Base of the Mesa. Mesa base. Mesa Jar Jar base. Oh, God. <laughs> Kisa Jar Jar base. Mesa? Kisa. We got it. Chris, keep reading. <laughs> At last, you find yourself on level ground. You and Kisa rest, then start off again, up the rocky slopes of the Reggae Mountains. After a few hours of hiking and reading, you're at the base <laughs> of the mountain. There's a trail leading straight up. Should you start climbing or hike along the base and look for a pass? Something about this book is both great and exhausting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we're doing a lot of excursion. Well, it's because I, I feel like it's fantastical, but it does not present the fantastical nature of the world in uh, any way at all. It's just like the most like workmanlike, boring description of a, of a completely wild fantasy world that like you could crank out in 20 minutes. I think it was good up until we started trekking across the landscape. And then it was just like, you could have just said like you trekked across the landscape and then you got to your destination. But instead they just had to throw landscape description at us. Yeah. yeah. Classic R.A. Montgomery mistake. Every page that doesn't have us being attacked by a space dragon is pretty good though. Right. Story-wise for our character. I mean, it's good for our character, but I feel like narrative wise, I want to see those dragons. I'm here for those buff, yeah. Yeah. beefy dragons. It's time to yeah. make the flesh dragons fight the crystal dragons. That's what I need. Ooh. Yeah. Flesh, flesh V crystal this Saturday on pay-per-view. <laughs> uh, so are we going to start up the mountain or are we scouting around the base? Straight up the mountain. Let's go up the mountain. Yeah. What is a pass, but a trail that goes up a mountain. You and Kisa follow the trail up the mountain. It's that easy. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Done. You got it? Easy. Easy peasy. That's what trails are for. <laughs> right? Yeah. When you get above the tree line, you look back over the valley below. You see the scar of the Great Rift, and further off on the horizon, the ruins of Shinar. Cool. Let's describe places we've already described in greater detail in lesser detail uh-huh. to remind you that they exist. They're, they're far away, but they're still there. Then you see a black dot in the distance. Oh, we've seen these two. You've got to describe these fucking dragons as more than black dots, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I feel like that it's, there's got to be better words. An ominous shadow flaps yeah. across the horizon. A black M, like, a, like the letter M, like a little kid would draw a bird. Like a seagull, but gonna kill you. <laughs> a deadly shadow. A, a shadow <laughs> that's deadly. A master of kung fu. Uh, you know at once it's a dragon. So, as the dragon gets closer, a huge double door opens in the side of the mountain not far above you. This is unexpected. Dragon base. Let's hide among these bushes until the drawers open. <laughs> you tell Kisa, a little drunk. <laughs> it's not long before another dragon arrives. The doors swing open just above you, and the dragon flies inside. You and Kisa Ooh. scramble up the mountain and scoot through the doors. A moment later, they close behind you. You have entered the dragon's lair. The end. <laughs> Turn to page. 69. <laughs>
Guys, I feel like we make this joke a lot, but like I swear to God, we do actually turn to page 69, a non-trivial amount in these books. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, this is cool artwork. It's the robots that came with them. They don't even look like robots. They look like they're just like uh, steel art installations. Yeah, or possibly uh, Beauty and the Beast reanimated sort of like uh, (laughs) spittoons. Mm. (laughs) They're just old boiler engines that were uh, animated by magic. Kill us. Be my death. Be my (laughs) death, won't you please? Uh As your eyes get used to the faint light, you see that the tunnel urine has been hewn out of solid rock and blackened by the fire of the dragon's breath. The fuck is tunnel urine? You know, it's it's, uh, just like dew. (laughs) You look down a hundred feet at an amazing scene. On the wide circular floor far below, the dragons are lined up in orderly rows. Robots move around them like workers on an assembly line. There are open ports in the sides of the dragons, and some of the robots are going in, like ants streaming in and out of anthills. You probably didn't need a simile there, but whatever. <laughs> They're entering. What does this remind me of? Huh. Mm. I couldn't possibly understand. There's a picture on this page. <laughs> you and Kisa stand there spellbound, but you're startled into action by the sound of the doors to the mountain opening behind you. Another dragon is coming in, and you're right in its path. Fucking stupid. Yeah. Were we, Get out of the path. What, it was, it's, the, it's the main door. The, You're right in the way. Yeah, you hustle. To get knocked right? We followed yeah. a dragon through this door. We know this is uh-huh. where the dragons come in. Yeah, just get out of the way. Flatten yourself against the wall, you yell at Kisa who, as you run to one side of the tunnel. A section of the wall swings open, and you and Kisa jump through just as the dragon roars past. Hmm. You find yourselves in a small room. There's a door at the other side that leads to a ramp, spiraling down to somewhere below. The robots on the floor below look as though they're moving on wheels, Kisa says. They probably use ramps instead of stairways. They can fly through fucking space. No, no, no. They're talking about the the service robots. Oh, the boilers. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. All right. What a bizarre, what a bizarre first thought. I just jumped right to fury. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you're a Tauron. That's true. Definitely not a fucking York. No, that's a horse. Vork. 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 Okay. A fork is a fork of cork of cork. <laughs> when you and Kisa reach the bottom of the ramp, you find a long corridor. Now you can see into an enormous room. Inside it, more robots are darting back and forth in front of a device that looks like an oversized xylophone. Now that's a useful simile. Mm-hmm. Long vertical bars of glass or crystal are mounted in rows along the walls. Every few seconds, a robot strikes one of the bars with a long stick, and a musical note echoes down the corridor. I'm picturing like the... The prison guard, you know, like hitting the bars with his baton, just kind of as he uh-huh, walks uh-huh. by idly. It was very musical, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the far side is a ramp that you guess. <laughs> on the far side is a ramp that you guess leads down to the dragon floor. This has to be the control room, you say excitedly. Since they don't seem to notice us, maybe we can figure out how to take control. You do it by playing notes. Yeah, hit it with a stick. You came up with the xylophone med- simile. <sighs> Kisa shakes his head. There are too many robots, and they're moving too fast. Let's skirt around them and continue on to the dragon floor. I do love the term dragon floor. Yeah, it's very good. I know, it's a very good term, but are we going to fuck with the xylophone, or are we going to go down to the murder machine floor with no plan on controlling the murder machines? I'm thinking xylophone. Yeah, xylophone sounds right. I feel like uh, if you're paying any attention to the plot, the xylophone device seems pretty useful. This may be our chance, you whispered to Kisa. If we smash their control apparatus, we can ground all the dragons. Permanently. 
or send them into an uncontrollable fury. Grounding them would actually be very good, though, because they don't have legs. True. Only arms. But they're really buff arms. Mm-hmm. And they don't have any video games in the room, so they will learn a lesson. <laughs> I'm all for that, Kisa says, but how do we do it? I noticed a small pile of metal parts just outside the door of this room, you say. We'll smash the glass bars on the xylophone. Seems like that's going to make some notes, though. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm going to dismantle the xylophone by hitting the... By using it. Yeah, exactly. You take each one... You each take one of the round, gear-like parts in each hand. Now, you shout, wielding gears akimbo. Metal gears? Metal gears. (laughs) Crystal gear. Kisa quickly throws his gears and misses the glass bars completely like a fucking dork. Fucking Kisa. Jeez, do you have baseball on this planet? You take more careful aim. The first gear glances off harmlessly. The next one shatters three glass bars in a row. You're blinded by a bright flash of energy. The whole control panel starts to explode, filling the room with showers of sparks and flying fragments of glass. This was not a great plan. Yeah. Uh, this is not the first time we've been in a control room. And our goal was to smash as much stuff as possible. Mm-hmm. And we had no escape plan. Mm-hmm. Right. Slowly, the smoke clears. To your joy, all the robots are motionless. You've killed them. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Past the fallen robots and up the ramp, then into the tunnel. Peering into the cavern, you see that the robots there are frozen in their places. The space dragons, which were never actually alive, are dead. <laughs> so, small victory, I guess. Couldn't, you couldn't throw us a fucking bone there, Breitfeld? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. We'd better get out of here, you say. The power's gonna go out in any minute. You and Kisa run down the side of the mountain. You're both eager to tell Dr. Nakai and the other Durns to spread the word to all creatures hiding beneath the ground. The space dragons are dead. Tambor is free! Woo! Tambor is free! All right. Yeah, we per- we just scored a perfect on this book. Yeah. Yeah, we nailed it. One, one, one pass. We got it. That's, that's uh, how the podcast works. We get it in one try. Yeah, those are the rules. Yeah. The space dragons are dead. Time to fear the flesh dragons again. <laughs> There's also the murder empire uh, that we work for. Yeah. Right. And now we no longer have weapons against them that we could have used to defend ourselves. Oh, but we still have them, though, right? All we have to do is, like, rewire them so we can use them against the Torons. Space dragons, too. I mean, I guess, like, in the same way that if you have a gun with no bullets, you have a gun. Yeah, and then all you have to do is find bullets. It's way easier to find bullets than to build your own gun. No, I think Ian's right. I think this is a Terminator 2 situation. Like, we have the husk of a murder robot. We just make a couple little modifications, and now it's our murder robot. But no visual modifications, so you scare the shit out of your traumatized mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't You couldn't have, like, tattooed on his forehead, like, it's cool, Sarah, don't worry. Instead, it's like, oh, remember the guy who almost fucking ruined you? John, should we, like, eh. slam some different LEDs into this, like... Fucking wildly red eyeballs. Uh, they just look super evil. Yeah, red is cool though. Are you kidding me? Red's dope. Red, I mean, if I, if there's one thing I can agree with Skynet on, <laughs> I know that we can't beam him down with clothes, but can we beam him down next to a store that has like gentle cardigans? Can we beam him down with like a coupon for clothes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we beam him down with like a coupon for? Uh, like a, a nice little dinner special, like a, two pizzas from Pizza Hut. Okay, these robots, time travel, right? So ostensibly, the people who send them back in time n- never see them again because they keep living in their linear future and they'll die. 
Do you think that every time they send a robot back, they're like, oh, this one's got the coolest clothes on. I'll bet he's going to totally impress everybody in the past with his cool clothes. <laughs> yeah, they send him fully clothes. Yeah, yeah. They don't ever realize that it. it just like burns all of their clothes off. That's too bad. Because <laughs> it was a sweet future jacket. <laughs> can I put, can I like, wear, just like give me like a cotton wrap, like a sarong or something. No, it, it's like a, it's yeah. like a turbo MRI, dude. It'll just rip the fucking flesh right off you. Michael Bain, Michael Bain came back and he was a human and like he had a backpack full of supplies and water and like a mask in case he couldn't breathe the oxygen. Yeah, those were all made of flesh. Yeah, burned away <laughs> in the time travel lightning. And that about does it for us this week on Booze Your Own Adventure. Planet of the Dragons we're going to rename to uh, Planet of the Player Character because uh, we rule it now with our army of dragons. This is an exciting one. Richard Brightfield's knocking it out of the park. He's killing We've it. Got, got to get a hold of this guy bef- before he uh, shuffles off his mortal coil. So until next time, I've been Ian. I've been Chris. I've been Mark. And see, his name is Chris, not Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, he was lying the whole time Chris earlier. the liar. And remember, always choose responsibly. Chris. <laughs> it wasn't very good, I don't know why I stuck with it. <laughs>